Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and today's episode is a classic from our former host, Christian Sager. The team here around the currently virtual office loves a comic book and has been delighted that Marvel's been bringing that love to a wider audience with its cinematic universe. So today, let's get geeky with a deep look into how Captain America's signature shield would work if it, you know, really existed. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Christian Sager. The official Marvel Comics database says that Captain America's shield is a metal disc that's approximately 2.5 feet in diameter and weighs 12 pounds. But Rhett Elaine at Wired Magazine did some math and figured out that it would be more likely to weigh 43.9 pounds. Despite the shield being made of a unique alloy combining vibranium, which is a fictional metal, steel, and an unknown third component, 
Elaine also figured out that the density of the shield would be somewhere between 8,767 and 4,383 kilograms per meter cubed. That is somewhere between the density of iron and titanium. Now, in the Captain America comics, the story goes that Dr. Myron McLean was attempting to replicate Hercules' golden mace by fusing vibranium with an experimental iron alloy. Some say it was a steel alloy, but even McLean didn't know what it was because he fell asleep when an unknown catalyst was introduced to the process. He was never able to duplicate the process, so the government painted the disc and gave it to Captain America. But how would you forge such a thing, especially since metallurgy is so complicated? Just the forging temperature alone depends on the material's carbon content, its alloy composition, maximum plasticity, and the amount of reduction required. Was it heated by induction or by continuous fuel-fired furnaces? With a material this unique, you would have to carefully control the heating process. Now, forgeability is how easy or difficult a material resists deformation. And since Captain America's shield is indestructible, it would have to be a very narrow forging temperature range, meaning it could only be forged for a short time after heating. With metallurgical factors like crystal structure, chemical composition, and grain size at play, the only way McLean could have diminished their influence would be by adding alloying elements, possibly compounds, that easily dissolve within the metal. There are all types of elements that could have been introduced, but it's likely that Captain America's shield was forged like a super alloy. This is how metallurgists refer to iron-based, nickel-based, and cobalt-based alloys, specifically the ones that offer very high strength at high temperatures. These really high-strength metals and iron-based grades are the least difficult ones to work with. So that would narrow down McLean's experimental alloy to iron. Super alloys are really difficult to forge because of their narrow temperature range. You can't even use regular sizing presses and hammers on them because they'll deform. They even wear down the tools designed for forging them pretty easily. They're also extremely expensive, like 10 times the price of carbon steel. Sounds a lot like Captain America's shield, right? But how do we explain the shield's ability to absorb kinetic energy, supposedly from the vibranium in the alloy? Usually materials absorb kinetic energy through other mechanisms, like plastic or elastic deformation or dynamic fluid flow. But cap shield doesn't seem to be an elastometric material, and it's not organic like polyurethane. In the movies, it actually seems to reflect vibration rather than absorb it. Like when Thor hits it with Mjolnir in that first Avengers movie and the shockwave flattens a whole forest, perhaps that was because the shield reached its absorption limit. Another thing that's tough to explain is how aerodynamic the shield is. If it really weighed 43.9 pounds, it would be difficult to throw, even for a guy in peak physical condition like Steve Rogers. In the comics, Tony Stark actually puts electromagnets under the shield to help control it in mid-flight. But Captain America later ditched them because they upset the shield's natural balance. It seems like the soldier and the shield are made for each other. Today's episode was written by Christian and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics that shout Excelsior, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.